0: Hello there and welcome to Infectious Info. This podcast is brought to you by the Infectious Disease Working Group from the University of Toronto. The Infectious Disease Working Group is a collaboration of public health graduate students who aim to improve public awareness on infectious diseases, including COVID-19. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Infectious info. This podcast is funded by the University of Toronto's Student Engagement Award which supports student-led projects that contribute to building healthy, resilient, and equitable communities as part of our post-COVID recovery.
1: my name is Dr. Kaylee Byers. I'm the deputy director of the British Columbia node of the Canadian Wildlife Health Cooperative. And I'm also a research associate at Simon Fraser University. Nice to meet
0: you, Kaylee. So you. Um, you do a lot of research on urban rat communities. Um, yes. And I'm very excited to talk to you today about um, rat-borne zoonotic diseases. Um, maybe could you explain for people who don't know what a zoonose is?
1: Yeah, so a zoonosis is a pathogen. So pathogens are disease-causing organisms. They could be bacteria, they could be viruses that are transmissible between animals and people. Um, So they can sort of move between species.
0: That's, uh, which is something that really, uh, you know, we hear about uh, things like Ebola, like, oh, it came from an animal somewhere. And very often these things are sort of like what when it jumps, that's when we become very frightened about uh, pandemics. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, we're, we're living in it, right? We've seen COVID move from people to deer, to mink, right? That that there is zoonotic and moving between species as well. So become intimately aware of them over the past uh, couple of years.
0: Well- What we're going to talk about today is definitely one of the animals that are most uh, in our our collective imagination associated with filth and disease, Mm -hmm. Um, and that is the rat. They have a long history with humans, and I'm wondering if you could speak to how the urban environment has contributed to the spread and evolution of rat-borne diseases historically.
1: Yeah. I mean, so rats do carry a number of these zoonoses, these bacteria and viruses that can make people sick. Um, And although in in many cases, it doesn't appear to make them sick, Uh, rats can can get sick themselves, but for some of these, there doesn't appear to be any cause of illness for them. In terms of sort of the spread, I mean, rats have followed us on our conquests and movements all over the world. And so as they followed us, they've been able to bring the things they carry with them. And, and part of, I think what, when we think of rats is sort of filthy and diseased and their ability to carry all these things. I mean, part of that is because of this close association that they have with us, right? The the movement they have done with people across the world, uh, how they live in our backyards, our alleyways, they're in our dumpsters. That close association really brings lots of opportunities for us to share our bugs uh, between us.
0: So, I mean, the plague is one of the most famous Mm -hmm. fat diseases um and I'm wondering if uh like do you happen to know any of the history of sort of how we figured that out
1: you know that's a really good question and it's something that I think there's all there's often conversations around plague so like we still have outbreaks of plague today um but we certainly don't have them in the numbers that we used to have it in right um that when it was uh infamously associated with rats, although there have been conversations about whether or not it was the rat or whether or not it, I, I think actually a, a bit of a misconception is um, that it's the rat that is is the problem, but really it's the fleas on the rats or the critters that live on the rats that then jump between rats and people. And actually the problem is the rats die and then those critters go looking for something else to feed on and they go on to people and then they can spread it. But I know there's also been conversations around whether or not some of these outbreaks have actually been linked to human associated, like I think lice um, and not the rats themselves. So I'm not even sure of where that current debate is, Uh, but certainly rats do carry the plague uh, and they don't do well with it either. It causes them to die and when they die, their fleas leave and they look for somewhere else to go. And sometimes that's people and that's how that can spread.
0: It's interesting. It's like travelers on travelers on travelers all kind of around the world.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Fleas just catching a ride on the rats that are catching a ride on the boats. They're going along with people. Incredible.
0: Um, So I'm wondering, um, has any of this changed today in contemporary cities in terms of this sort of this close association? Has it evolved in any way?
1: Well, we certainly still do have a close association with rats. And I think one of the interesting things is how our cities have shaped like rat movement and ecology. And so, and, and how that relates to disease. So part of my PhD was really involved with actually looking at rat movement and what that meant for the diseases that they carry. And What we did is we actually like trapped rats in real time and we looked to see where they went and we also uh, collected genetic information to find out who was related to whom because if you know how they're related to each other, you can say, oh, there's all these siblings that are really closely related all in this one block and they aren't anywhere else. So they must not have moved. So you can use that, that kind of information too. And through that, what we found is that at least here in Vancouver in the area where we've done our research the rats don't seem to move all that far and they mostly stay within the space of a city block now there's a lot of research looking at rat movement and home ranges and in general they don't seem to go too far probably because you don't need to go that far if there's food nearby but in cities we've got roadways that prevent movement we've got lots of food and lots of resources rats don't need that much space to live and so there they really are a great environment for rats to stay close to home, have lots of food, and they don't have to move that far. What does that mean for their diseases or the, the pathogens that they carry? Well, if they're not moving that far, then they don't have the opportunity again to bring those things with them. And so here in Vancouver, something that's really interesting that we found is that, you know, you could be in a city block where you catch rats and find that 60% of them carry a bacteria that can make people sick. And then the next block over, You might have rats, but they might not be carrying anything at all. And so this can really lead to a a very location-specific risk for people. Your risk in one block might not be the same as the block across the street. So that's some of that sort of interesting nuance of this like urban system or ecosystem in which we live with rats.
0: Incredible. Do you think that 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 is like a contemporary effect, or is that something that would have gone through time I guess they didn't have cars in uh medieval times
1: yeah I mean how much did horses interrupt rat movement across across roads I don't know uh again like at at least for rats you know we tend to go as far as we need to for the things that we need to live I mean there are many grocery stores near me I go to the one that is closest closest to me right um and so if, there, if there's food nearby and there's a place to live and there's uh, other individuals with, which to, with whom to mate, then you don't need to go all that far. And so how much that's changed over time, I'm not sure. But certainly, I think some of this infrastructure and some of these additional barriers and increased amount of resources in some more densely packed uh, areas could, could be leading to some of that.
0: This is just out of curiosity, but how did you collect the genetic material? Oh yeah.
1: So, uh, the genetic material was from phase one of the rat project. So phase one was actually done by Dr. Chelsea Hemsworth, who was a PhD student, um, at the time at the university of British Columbia. And, uh, it, uh, in that study, they had actually caught rats from the same area and, um, they had done like full necropsies. And so we actually had some genetic material from those rats in phase two. When we went back and we were actually trapping rats and releasing them to look at where they went, Uh, in those cases, we also collected some genetic material. And there you just take an ear punch, right? So you can take a little bit of ear punch. You can use other materials that you have as well. Interesting.
0: Okay. So I live in a neighborhood full of rats. Um, Mm -hmm. Full disclosure, most of the rats I see are either scurrying around in like brush or garbage or else they're squished on the road Mm -hmm. but I recently discovered a rat in my mom's garage that had crawled in there to die Mm -hmm. and it was so it looked like it had just died and my reaction was so like visceral and immediate to it in a way that it wasn't to you know I get shocked by rats that all of a sudden are like scurrying in the dark but it, it wasn't the same disgust like What is it about rats that makes people feel disgusted?
1: I mean, I think part of that is the historical context. When we think about rats, one of the first things that does tend to come to mind for lots of people, I've done interviews with folks about their experiences living with rats, is disease, is the plague. Even though we don't have the plague here in Vancouver, we would know if we started seeing dead rats in the streets it's still one of the first things that comes to mind uh we do see rats in our garbages but it's not because they're inherently filthy critters it's that's where the food is that's where we have placed the food right so i think our association is in part historical and uh in part based on that we know that rats can carry diseases that make us sick and in part because of where we see them and that is our doing that's that's where we make food available to them
0: so yeah i mean I do live in a neighborhood full of rats, but Mm -hmm. I actually don't live in a rat infested home. And I'm wondering, through your research, if you've seen what the impacts are for people who, like, as you say, there's a lot of um, historical background to how people feel, and there's what they see on the street. What does this do to people who for whatever circumstances, have to live with rats in their home?
1: This is a really great question, and it's a really important question. And this is actually something that I did do also as part of my PhD. So a lot of my PhD was focused on rat ecology and understanding diseases. And then another part was really understanding... What are the experiences of people who are living near rats, and how does that impact them? Because when we think of rats, we do, we think of disease. But in reality, in many cities, at least in North America, we don't see a lot of cases of rat-associated diseases. We could talk about that. Part of it is because they look like something like the flu. We might not test for it. I mean, there's problems there. But on the whole, there might actually be a greater Uh, impact on health through, say, mental health impacts from living near rats. And so through interviews with folks who were living in uh, poor quality housing where there might have been rats on the premises or rats outside, uh, a few of the individuals that I spoke to at that time were uh, unhoused. What we came to understand is that rats were a very significant impact on many people's lives they thought about them when they didn't see them they caused anxiety because we think of them as you know dirty or diseased but a- another part of that was so there're sort of those those feelings of unease there was also another impact for folks who had them in or near their homes of hearing them at night and them keeping them awake at night right that's a physical impact of having to think of how you're going to store your food now there's this other stressor that you're constantly thinking about so we've got, some of those physical impacts on sleep, on having to change maybe some of your behaviors to avoid rats. We've got the the mental health impacts. And then there was this other layer, this other layer that I think is really important, which was that many people identified that one of their concerns was that, you know, I'm seeing rats and it doesn't look like anybody's doing anything about them. So if say the city is supposed to be managing them or my landlord is supposed to be managing, managing them, and they're not, what does that say about how they care for me or how they care for my community? And that is a really important question in how uh, services at the community level are are there to support, (laughs) they're there to support people, right? And if you see the lack of those services, what does that say to you? How does that impact your mental health? So there was sort of a confluence of, of issues there impacting folks who are living near rats.
0: It's amazing to think how this all kind of yeah, it ripples out. It's not hard to imagine the feelings one would have living with rats, but then mm-hmm. to actually break it down into how people who've had to live that way can identify it um, just says so much about what what the presence of rats says about the the social conditions around us.
1: And in a place that you should otherwise be safe, right? Your home is, is a place where having a clean and uh, a clean living environment in which you're safe, it's really important. And that's one aspect of that safety that you now don't have. If you have to be thinking about, well, what if a rat's in my room at night? What if it, what if it bites me? What if it bites a loved one? You know, what is that going to mean? What if it bites my cat? Like there there's all these other things now that you have to think about that come down to your, your safe space, your, your home.
0: Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, this is, it's really awesome to even know that this kind of research is being done. Um, I spoke with the Chicago rat project and this idea of rat ecology is um, it's such a, a, a cool way to frame it
1: mm-hmm.
0: because it really sort of puts the emphasis away from um, filth or disease or those ideas and and understands it as an issue of um natural processes which of course we can manage natural processes that's not an issue but it is like you say there are fellow travelers
1: yeah and i'd like to broaden it even beyond that right like understanding rad ecology is a really important aspect of managing them but i think what we need to do is even take one step Further away from that, like thinking about rats as part of our urban ecosystems, they are also community members that we are living with, and and they impact many aspects of our cities. Right, they're integrated, as I've just said, with our housing. Right, they're integrated with uh, waste management services. They're related to all of these other community services that we receive, other aspects of our lives. And so, if we think about how rats intersect with those things, it provides us with many new opportunities to manage them to improve the overall health of a community. So at that point now, you're not just focused on rats and their disease and their filth. You're actually thinking about how do we create a community that is healthy for everybody? How do we manage the concerns of the community, what they prioritize, while also managing rats or having rats as one part of that? And so understanding their ecology is important to that, but also understanding community concerns is is another really important part of that you really
0: remind me of uh, with with these ideas something so something I have thought about for a long time with rats and cockroaches and these other animals that are really sort of um very ingrained in our urban environment that we have very strong disgust reactions to that perhaps part of our disgust is because they live off our refuse. And it reminds us of what we've been consuming and mm. what we, um, what we expel as waste from our, from our, 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 bodies, our homes and our society.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. I often think of, um, sort of in, in the way of like the rat management question too, it's like, well, why do we have why do we have rats? And that's when we hold up the mirror and we say, for all these reasons, for all the things that, because of how we manage our waste, because of how we take care of our green spaces, uh, because of our current approach to managing them, which up until quite recently and still in many places is to lay down poisons, which don't remove all the rats, which can get into other non-rat wildlife. Um, and so I, I do think that there is, a, there is an aspect of sort of the, the reflective piece there as well. What has
0: been the environmental cost of these sort of uh, poison-oriented rat control measures? Like in terms of other ecological knock-on effects, what do you see?
1: I don't know the full impact. We've done um, a meta-analysis looking at uh, urban wildlife health generally and like toxins in urban wildlife is a concern. We see cases every once in a while of rodenticide poisoning in charismatic species like mountain lions, for example. Um, But I don't think we know the full extent to which uh, applying broad-scale rodenticides impact wildlife. I think that's an area of ongoing research, and um, certainly many places are are concerned with some of those impacts. Here right now in British Columbia, we have a ban on anticoagulant rodenticides for, I think, another year uh, because they're they're doing a review of potential impacts. And so, yeah, I think this is, an, this is an area that we still are trying to figure out how much of an impact there is from that approach.
0: Sounds like the, um, the eternal struggle we've had with rats going back through, uh, through prehistory, as soon as we started being a, a cozy place for them to hang out.
1: And our approach is still largely the same. Right. Like you've just you've pointed out we've had this association for a long time and our approach is still largely the same. It is find, seek, destroy. And it's and we've used lots of different ways to do that. Traps, poisons, uh, modifying the urban environment is is an important way to do that too, reduce access to resources, but largely we're still really focused on the rat as the problem. And I think now is a good time for us to step away from that sort of that focus and think about it a little bit more broadly.
0: Well, this is a great place to leave it with such a holistic version, vision rather, of uh of what many people just think of as pest control. I really appreciate your time. Oh, thank this, you on this on this uh what to me is an extremely fascinating topic, um, our relationship with the animals that we don't want to be associated with, but are intimately mm-hmm. bound with. And yeah, um maybe to kind of end it off do you know anyone with a pet rat?
1: Oh, great question. Do I know anyone currently with a pet rat? No, Know lots of people who have rats in their labs, but I don't know of anyone currently with a pet rat though. There is a delightful pet rat that I follow on Instagram and I wish I could remember their name. Maybe I'll send it to you in an email and you can put it in the show notes. They're very good at jumping. (laughs)
0: Okay. Excellent. That sounds good to me. Um, if people want to find you or see the kind of work you've been doing, where can, uh, where can they look?
1: Yeah, they can find me on Twitter at Kaylee underscore buyers, and they can also find me on my website, which is just Kaylee (laughs)
0: Amazing. I really appreciate this. Thank you so much, Kaylee. Oh yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Infectious Info with uh, me, ZC Powers, interviewing Kaylee Byers. And remember to stay healthy, everyone.